Hello and welcome back to the Makeup Artist Chronicle. I am your host, Julia, and I am so very happy that you are here. There's no guest today. It's just me riding solo, but there is a topic that's been on my mind that I really want to talk about. I think it needs space and it's something that's valuable to all of us, whether we are working in the beauty industry, whether we are aspiring to be artists in the industry or brand owners, whatever the case may be, or if we're just someone that's looking to unleash our dream onto the world, right? Leave that corporate job behind, leave that nine to five, that cubicle, that office, whatever it is, and pursue our dream. Maybe that involves going freelance. On last week's episode, I talked to Brittany Lowe, beauty brand founder, and she mentioned that there are a few topics that we don't talk about enough. We're not transparent about enough. One of them was sex, which she is trying to change the conversation around that and have more people talking about it and have it be a luxury experience and a chic experience and something we can all be open about with her brand, Bea. The other topic that we mentioned was money. None of us really talk about money, right? We don't talk about our salaries. We don't talk about if we're freelance. Sometimes we don't share our rates, which I'm going to talk about that on today's episode. You know, how do you find your rates? How do you set your rates? How do you then stand behind those rates? And doing that research part is sometimes difficult because a lot of people are closed off unless they're talking to a client, they're not going to want to just share their rate. But ultimately, the more transparent we are and the more that we're aware of how much money we're making, how much money we're charging, we can ultimately all be better off, is my belief. The reason, it wasn't only my conversation with Brittany that kind of triggered this, I planted the seed in my mind, let's say that. It's also what's currently going on in the entertainment industry, particularly in Hollywood, with the IATSE strike. So if you don't know, the IATSE is the International Alliance of Theatrical Stage Employees. Those are the crews of every film that Hollywood turns out, right? I believe it's TV as well. So we're talking boom operators, we're talking camera operators, we're talking makeup artists and hair artists. And the reason that this kind of came to my attention, it is really, really big, it's in the news, but the reason that it came to my attention specifically early on was because I have friends who are in that industry, right? Megan Longmire, who has been a guest on this podcast, and another guest on this podcast, Elena Miller, They are both makeup artists that work in film. And the IATSE is basically saying, we, this is insane. Like sometimes we leave set at 1 a.m. and then we have a call time at 6 a.m. or 5 a.m. Like that's not safe for us. Then there's also the whole, oh, we're gonna, you know, just miss lunch. We don't get to eat because while the actors and the director and all of them get to eat, we're setting up for the next shot or we're getting ready for the next shot, whatever the case may be. And so there's a lack of kind of upholding basic human rights in terms of this employment, right? Like everyone deserves a lunch break. That's like, legally speaking, what we should be getting, whatever your industry is, wherever you work. And so those are some of the things that this strike is meant to address. Now, the IATSE is basically saying, hey, we want a longer turnaround time between shifts, right? We don't want to leave set at 1 a.m. and come back at 5, 6 a.m. for the next day of shooting, right? We want to be able to take our breaks, to be able to eat our lunch. And also, crews that work on streaming platforms, so shows, films that are developed specifically for Netflix, for Amazon Prime, for HBO Max, for, you know, the streaming platforms, essentially the negotiated rate for crews working on those shows is much less than the rate for shows that end up on cable or films that end up in theaters. Streaming is where we're at and it's going to be our future. 
is going to just keep getting stronger and stronger and bigger and bigger because who doesn't want to sit on their couch and watch, you know, the latest release on from the comfort of their home, not wearing pants, you know what I mean? And eating a steak. Like, you can't get that in the theater. Apologies to the vegetarians listening. Um, but, you know, that's, that's the conversation, right? Is we're moving into this world and yet we're getting paid less for being a part of it. So how do we rectify that? So currently there are negotiations undergoing between the IATSE and the uh, Alliance of Motion Picture and Television Producers, so the AMPTP. So many letters, so many. Basically, they're negotiating. They haven't reached a deal yet. I don't know. I mean, I understand the dynamics of it, right? Like the film and TV industry, you want to keep making money. And the way that you make money is by cutting out some of the expenses, right? And this is what they're trying to do. Um, I I understand it seems very unethical because it is, but business is business. I'm not going to get into this whole debate right now because that's not what you came for. Basically, there is about a 98% support. I believe that was the last statistic I saw of people who are part of the A, um, the A, sorry, IATSE. So basically these crews, these people who are a part of this alliance of theatrical stage employees that are saying, yeah, we're going to strike. We need this. This is like our lives and our health and our emotional well-being should not be put on the line for a rate that is less than what we're worth. And so if the negotiations don't go through, if they don't reach an agreement, there will be a strike against all of the major studios in Hollywood on October 18th, a minute after midnight, which is like the most badass thing. So I know there are a lot of people that are going to turn out and and strike. And I, I am in full support of this. Like I said, I do. I understand the big picture of we need to make money and we need to do these things, especially after a pandemic when so many movie theaters and, and the industry as a whole really struggled. But I would hope that we would come out of this pandemic with a little bit more of a love for our fellow human beings and that means paying them what they're worth and letting them giving them you know a half hour to an hour to eat a freaking sandwich okay um so this really got me thinking about the hurdles that we have to jump through to speak up for ourselves and this is a huge organization that's coming together and saying hey we're gonna stand up as a collective and say we need these things but what do you do if you are alone? What do you do if you're, you left that corporate job? You left that cubicle. You decided, yeah, I'm going to go out and I'm going to live my dream and I'm going to be an artist. And I'm going to just take the leap and I'm going to jump and dive and do the thing. And so you go freelance. So now you have to decide, where am I going to find the jobs? What are my rates going to be? What am I going to charge people? And at what point do I compromise my expectations around the job that I'm going to take or the rate that I'm asking, right? And I feel like specifically when it comes down to money, for people who are just starting out, it's so easy to say, okay, yeah, no, I'll do it at a discounted rate or, oh, yeah, yeah, no, 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 I'll do it for free. And it's something where... Maybe you're not sure of your abilities quite yet. Maybe you're not confident in speaking up for yourself, right? Maybe even back when you were working your other job, working for someone else, not freelancing, you had a little bit of a difficulty negotiating your salary or standing up for, you know, oh, I can't take that extra project on right now because I have a lot on my plate. These are things that if you want to freelance or if you want to get into a space where you are your own business as an art, as a freelance artist, as a brand founder, founder, whatever the case may be, this is something that I would highly encourage you to work on. And it's scary. Trust me when I say I know how scary it is. I was definitely one of those people who I was so nervous to negotiate my salary. I was so nervous to ask for a raise, to ask for my worth. I was someone that would 
proactively offer discounts to certain people when I was doing a project for them because I was so grateful for the job. And I was so grateful that I was even getting paid for this job because up to that point, I had been doing so many free collaborative gigs to just bulk up my portfolio that I was like, oh, you're going to pay me? Any amount that you pay me, I would be so grateful for, right? And so it's a matter of getting out of that, please, sir, may I have some more mentality into the, yes, this is what I'm worth. And if you don't want to meet me where I'm at with that, then that's fine. That means that this relationship may not move forward. And that's okay, because I guarantee you there will be someone that will pay your rate, that will tell you how amazing you are and not even think twice about any of it. So let's get to it. Let's start at the beginning, which is how do you even find a gig? How do you get out there and how do you start booking clients? So something that some people have mentioned on this podcast before, I believe Elena mentioned it when we were chatting, was if you go to makeup school, there is a better opportunity or a greater opportunity that you will have access to jobs. You will have your network, you'll make friends, you'll have teachers that have access to the industry, whatever industry that is that you want to be a part of. They can help kind of guide you into that. So there are connections there if you are looking to go to makeup school, take some classes, do those things, but that's not completely necessary. Ultimately, makeup and beauty, it's a its a community experience. It's something that we have to get very vulnerable with. And it sounds so silly, right? Like, oh, we're playing with makeup. But think of the experience. You are a foot at most, away from this other person, you have your hands on their face and you are having a conversation with them and you're really getting to know them, a lot of walls will come down. So the connections that we make with each other, not only like business connections, networking, rubbing elbows, that kind of thing, But the genuine emotional connections that we make with one another is going to be what defines our success in this industry, especially as a freelancer, right? So say you don't want to go to school. Great. How can you build that community? So as a freelancer, you're probably going to really rely on word of mouth. You can absolutely use social media, but you have to be very thoughtful, right? When you go on social media, you can post things about oh, I am doing this makeup on myself, I'm doing a tutorial, I'm talking about this product, I'm giving you a demo. And I do a lot of that on my own social media, all different types of things. But I think if your purpose is to book a client, then your social media should be focused more on booking, like making that experience easy through social media, right? So change your social media account into a business account. That will open up a bunch of tools for you so that clients can contact you. Have your calendar up. Um, have your, ex- like in your bio, have now booking cl- bridal clients for January, February 2022, right? Things like that. So let people know, hey, this is what I do. This is what I offer. This is where I'm located. And this is what my availability is, or this is how I want you to reach out to me in order to inquire about hiring me. And then use your social media to bolster that. Add photos of your clients, add quotes from client reviews, and that'll start out very small, I understand, and it'll build up as you go. But you now know, oh, in order to continue moving this forward, let me send a form. After I do the client's makeup, I leave. Maybe I email a little like post whatever review, right? Just a form that says like, how was your experience? Could there have been anything that was better? You know, rate it out of five stars, whatever the case may be. And then you use those testimonials as part of, you know, putting yourself out there and letting people know, hey, not only am I really good at my craft, but I have all of these really great experiences of people who worked with me because 
You can be the most illustrious artist in the world. You can be the most talented face painter in the world. You can make updos like nobody's business. But if you're hard to work with or if people don't want to work with you or if they have bad experiences, then it doesn't matter. People will only put up with so much. So I think gearing your social media presence and, you know, if you have a website or a blog, gearing all of it towards booking those clients is going to be what ultimately gets you more clients, right? It's like a ripple out effect. Word of mouth is going to be your strongest, strongest type of advertising. Next, I think you really want to zero in on what it is you want to do, right? Do you want to work primarily with brides? Honestly, that's where, aside from the pandemic, where the bridal industry imploded, which Brittany and I talked about last week, aside from that, the wedding industry is always moving. There's always money there. There's always jobs there. But you also get to be less creative, right? You're not going to just pull out a stencil of this lattice pattern and put it on a model's cheekbone and then like airbrush this luminescent light green and be like, okay, this is like mermaid chic, right? You're not going to do that for a wedding. So that's the trade-off. And um, I think understanding where you want to go, I'm not saying you have to just decide on one thing, but I think having a primary focus will allow you to decide, okay, this these are the jobs that I want to be known for doing. These are the jobs that I need to focus on. How am I going to make money with these jobs? And honestly, bridal is one of the easier ways to make amazing money in the industry. Once you kind of decide what you want to focus on, what you want to attract to yourself and how you want yourself to be presented to the world in order to attract that, then it's a matter of going out and getting those gigs, right? So if you do want to do bridal, you can, the knot and other types of wedding websites, services, um, businesses have listings for makeup artists. You can just head on their website, register for a professional account, and then you're listed. So people will be able to see, okay, where are you? What are your rates? And do I want to hire you? And then they'll be able to reach out to you. When I was starting out, I was living in New York City. I had just finished like a makeup intensive. It was a month long program. It was a lot of work. And I got out of there and I didn't really have too many prospects in terms of work and gigs. So I went on Model Mayhem. I don't even know if this site still exists or if it's even, you know, leading to opportunities. But I went on Model Mayhem and I was just like, hey, New artists looking to pad my portfolio, like, let me know if you want to work together. And I ended up meeting up with this photographer and we worked together on a project and we continued to work on a few projects. And then he got a paying gig that he brought me in on. And it's very similar to now that I'm in California, up in, up in you know, the Bay Area, I met a photographer online on Model Mayhem and she was like, hey, do you want to work on this project? We worked on the project and then we continued to work on projects. We actually just did a photo shoot together yesterday. This week we did a photo shoot together and it wasn't a paid gig. It was it was literally just something that I've been feeling so creatively blocked and I've been feeling like I can see the things I want to work on and I can see creatively what it looks like, but I can't access it in my mind, if that makes sense. Like there's too much bullshit in the way. There's too much anxiety. Um, We just bought a house, which is insane. My fiance and I just got our, our offer approved on a house and we're in escrow now. And so I've been really like zeroing in on Okay, what are my finances? What am I contrib like what am I bringing in versus what am I putting out? I also, okay, this is a lot of information. I also just filed the LLC, the official business license for my podcast network, which you know I host this podcast 
I host The Peony, which is similar conversations, but a little bit zoomed out on general creatives, not just makeup artists and people in the beauty industry. And we have a few more shows that are being currently independently produced that we want to take into the fold and that a few more shows that are in pre-production that we're still kind of trying to figure out and develop. And it's really exciting and it's terrifying. And so now I'm in the space of like, okay, I've spent all this money to file for the license and to invest in getting a logo made and getting a website up and all of these things. And I'll be sure to keep you updated as things progress. But I was basically just feeling very bogged down with money and you know all of the specifics and the details of am I going to be able to pull all this off short answer yes 100% I'm going to be able to pull it off I just have to get stop getting lost in the details which is what basically blocked me from my creativity but bringing it back around I did a photo shoot this week and it was exactly what I needed to just stop thinking about the specifics stop thinking about the little details stop thinking and I had this moment the model sits down in the chair we're doing this like pop art editorial so the skin had to be very matte so that the it looked like it was part of a comic she sits down and I start doing her skincare and I start applying the makeup and it starts going patchy and it looks horrible. Like it looks terrible. And I'm like, what, what, what? And the reason for that is because I was in my head still. I was in my head and I couldn't pull myself out of it. And I was focused on the wrong things. And it basically led me to not rely on my intuition and my skills that I know I have that I've done so many times, but instead to just focus on little details and to not be present. So as soon as that happened, I was like, okay, this is rough. This is rough, but you know what? We're going to we're going to recover because we're just going to take a deep breath. And we're going to start over. So I put oil on the model's skin and I just started massaging the skin. And everything that I had put on the skin already just started moving around, mixing in with the oil. And ultimately, I wanted to use the oil to take the makeup off, but it ended up kind of creating the perfect base that I needed. So I was like, oh, wow, her skin is really responding to this. Let me go from here. Let me actually blend it out. Okay, we need it to be matte. Let me just add powder where we need powder. Let me not, let me be thoughtful and be present. And ultimately it was that moment is what unlocked the access to my creativity that I needed, that I wasn't getting because I was getting lost in the details and I was getting too far in my head. And I feel like that's something that we all do, especially when we think of okay, how am I going to find a gig? How am I going to go through with this project? How am I, like, what am I going to set my rates as? How do I even find my rates? How am I going to ask for my rates? How do I write this invoice? How do I collect this? Oh my goodness, how do I file for my taxes? And so I feel like there are so many things that being an adult leads us to get in our heads about and to focus on rather than being present and living in joy. And so I hope that while we talk about this, um, you know, finding gigs and getting paid and all of that, which are very important things, if this is something you want to do, I hope that through it all, you remember to take time to reconnect with your joy and reconnect with your creativity, because that's why you're doing this in the first place, right? And it's easy to get bogged down by the specifics and the details and the business stuff, but don't lose sight of why you're doing this. So I started on Model Mayhem and I kind of got really, really great relationships from that. And that's where I realized that the relationships and the community and the connection person to person, soul to soul is what mattered the most, right? And so for you, I would recommend, you know, you could try Model Mayhem. Again, I don't know the status of it right now. You could try social media. Sometimes I'll just look at, okay, what photographers are are in my area and just like, cold dm them or cold email them and just be like okay do you want to work together what do you have going on like this is what i have going on i'll see like maybe a photographer had a makeup artist booked for a shoot for a client to do some portraits 
and that makeup artist was double booked and had to cancel and now they're under the wire and you just your dm appeared in their inbox like magic and you're like hey need a makeup artist and they're like yes absolutely so you never know what is going on outside of yourself so just shoot your shot take a chance go put yourself out there for example when i was trying to find guests for this show, I went and I looked at what are the agencies that are representing makeup artists? Because I've had a lot of brand founders on. And I sat down the other day and I was like, I have a lot of aspiring makeup artists or currently working makeup artists that listen to this. Wouldn't it be great if I had more makeup artists that could come on and talk about their journeys? So I just started looking up, okay, what are the agencies that represent makeup artists, hair artists? And I just emailed them. I just emailed the booking. Sometimes I emailed the actual founder of the company and I was just like, hey, this is what I do. This is what I talk about. I would love for your artists to come on and talk about their experience and and use this space to help each other out. And again, that sense of community. And so many of them got back to me and were like, oh, great. Yeah, I'll pass this along to my artists. And so you never know. You just have to shoot your shot and take the chance. But I would say before you get into that, figure out what it is you want to do. Do you want to work exclusively on editorial stuff? Do you want to work exclusively on bridal stuff? I've done a little bit of everything. I would recommend everyone does a little bit of everything so you get to know what you really enjoy and what you don't. Because sometimes what's going to happen is you're going to love to do editorials maybe and you're going to not really enjoy bridal too much. Well, you're going to probably have more opportunities to do brides makeup and to work with brides and you're going to make more money doing that. So is that something that you could focus on doing as your source of income and then doing editorials on the side as they come up um, to fulfill the creative part? Or is it something that you are like, nope, I 1000% I'm doing editorials. That's all I'm doing. That's what I'm focusing on. And you just get in your lane and you speed down and just follow it nonstop. That's great too. But I think, you know, finding what it is that you want to work on, discovering what that is, and really zeroing in on what your strategy around that is, is going to be very helpful so that you can show up to these projects, to these jobs, to these sets, and just do what you do best. And you don't have to worry about, am I going to be able to pay rent this month? Because you already thought about it and it's factored into your strategy. So again, Facebook, I don't use Facebook anymore, but it's a very great community resource for you know connecting with people in your area and seeing if they could use your skills and if they wanna hire you. Um, Instagram is a little bit more muddy in terms of that, but you can still find people for sure. And then there are a bunch of professional sites. Like I'm sure there are other versions of Model Mayhem that are much more legit. <laughs> Not that Model Mayhem isn't legit, but it's just like a little bit of a black hole. The Knot, again, like I was saying, is really great. If you want to do bridal, you get your account on there and people can reach out to you. You can reach out to people. Um, If you want to do commercials, maybe you find the local ad agencies or digital agencies in your area and you email them and you're like, hey, for the commercials that you do with people, do you hire makeup artists? Do you work with makeup artists? Do you need makeup artists? Makeup artists are a part of a crew, right? No one thing gets done without a bunch of people involved. And so I think it's a matter of once you zero in on what it is that you want to do, you find the community that is also working on it. And you basically try to interject yourself as the makeup artist, right? So you find the photographer or you find the project manager of an ad or you find the local venue that does weddings and you basically just build those connections and those relationships so that when someone is in a is in a bind or if someone does need a makeup artist they'll have you on their mind they'll have your business card in in their hands they'll be following you on social media they'll know that okay this is someone that I can reach out to So sometimes it's a matter of just laying the foundation and trusting the process that eventually those things will pay off for you. Because it's oftentimes, sometimes there is a very short term like satisfaction that 
instant gratification, but a lot of times it's laying the foundation for something that's going to give you a bigger, stronger, and more, um, more, what's the word I'm thinking of? Like a more long lasting kind of relationship kind of work than that instant gratification because, you know, instant gratification is great, but the stars that burn the brightest burn out the fastest. So try and have a healthy mix and a healthy balance and go out there and just be a part of the community. Whatever community that is for you, your time will come. Trust the process. I know it's tough, but trust the process. And if you're someone that isn't necessarily ready to go out there and start you know, doing this as a profession, but it's something you want to do, go out there and just see what you like. Practice, right? If you want to work in film, see if your local college has a film department and if any of those students are currently working on shooting a film. Ask if they want a makeup artist. And then you just hop on there and you get your first credit on IMDb. So there are always creative ways to find how you can either hone your skill, figure out what you want to focus on, figure out what you love, um, that doesn't have that pressure of, I'm just starting out, I took the dive, I don't know how to make money, like I'm freaking out. So if you want a little bit of a more, dip dip one toe in the water, don't dive head first into the shallow end, (laughs) horrible metaphor, I apologize. But if you basically want to just test it, you can I think that if you're listening to this, you probably already know what it is that you want your dream life to look like and you want to work towards it. And dipping a toe in probably won't be as fulfilling for you. I'm just being honest. It won't be as fulfilling for you as just going for it, which I know is terrifying. It's absolutely terrifying going for it. I'm I'm terrified like every day. I'm like, oh, did I make the right call here? Oh, and sometimes you fixate on the details, right? Like, oh, what's my logo? What's my website? All of these things. But just trust the process. Trust that where you want to be and what you want to be doing will come to fruition. And just keep putting yourself out there and community, community, community. So now you are out there, you're booking gigs, you're finding gigs, you're booking gigs, you're going to work. How do you get paid? How do you set your rate? How do you ask for your rate? How do you collect your money? This is something that I got a crash course in in makeup school. But again, it's there's learning about it theoretically and then there's actually doing it. The biggest recommendation that I got was figure out what you want to do and then look at what other people in your area are charging for that, right? So again, I'll go back to bridal just because bridal is probably the most structured in terms of demand, in terms of rates, in terms of, you know, reliability. So to use the example of bridal, you can look at who are the makeup artists that are doing bridal makeup in your area how long have they been working, and what are their rates. Now, rates are sometimes harder to find. Not a lot of people are transparent about their rates. And I feel like everyone has different reasons for that. When I was in makeup school, I was told that people are very hush-hush about their rates because they don't want to get hoodwinked by the client. Because the client is always going to want to save money, right? Like any time that a person is giving their money, they're going to want the best deal. And so seeing rates, specifically the example that I was given in makeup school was if you're someone that does editorial makeup or film makeup or TV makeup, you have your rate in terms of half day, full day, and then everything else is overage, right? So overtime is by the hour, travel time, kit fee, you have your makeup kit fee. There are so many little extras, right? But mostly you're doing half day or full day. So if you're there for four hours or less, you get paid your half day rate. And if you're there for eight hours or between four and eight hours, you're getting your full day rate. And anything over is by the hour. Bridal, it's pretty much a set rate. And oftentimes what happens in bridal is the artist shows up, does the work and leaves. But the way that it was given to me in makeup school was, okay, you have a bride and you have her bridal party, which is a set flat rate of what you're charging. 
But if the bride sees your like editorial or set rates, maybe, and she finds that like your half day rate is the same or less than her, like the bridal rate, she may be like, oh, I want you here for four hours. I want to do your half day rate. I don't want to do the bridal rate. I want you here for touch-ups while we do pictures. Like that's what it was told to me in makeup school of people will always try to find the most competitive price and then hassle you for it as a freelancer. So it's best to just avoid it by not being transparent about your pricing, which I feel like comes from a place of scarcity rather than abundance. I've been doing a lot of reading in terms of like, I just finished reading, you are a badass. And I've been diving into some more spiritual like Zen and practices like that because my anxiety has been insane with everything going on. So I was reading and it was like so many people come from a place of scarcity. But if you believe that there isn't enough to go around, then there won't be enough to go around. Whereas if you trust the process, you believe in abundance, you believe that everything that you dream of can be yours and will be yours. And you trust the process and you just do what you're responsible for, then you will be fine. I understand where what I learned came from. I understand the concerns that people have that they learned through experience, which they were now passing on to me. However, I feel like the more we talk about money amongst ourselves as freelancers or people working in this industry, the more that we talk about money and the more that we talk about what are we charging? Why are we charging it like this? Did we factor in the kit rate? Okay. Um, are we thinking about travel, right? If you have to travel outside of a certain radius, like if you have to travel more than 40 miles from a specific point, are you going to charge for that? How are you factoring that into your rate? These are conversations we should be having because it helps all of us be better informed. And what that does is it keeps keeps the industry healthy. Because if you have someone that is just setting arbitrary rates, they're saying, you know, I'm worth this much. And it is either severely under what other people are basically charging, or it's severely over what other people are charging, then it throws the industry in your area out of whack a little bit. Because the clients will start to talk amongst themselves and get to know, okay, this is the person that charges $200 for a job when everyone else charges 100 but then there's this other person that only charges 50 So I think the more transparency that we have around rates and around what our rates are as a as a professional community, the more that we can learn and we can educate each other, educate ourselves, and also educate our clients in terms of this is why we charge what we charge. And I'm not saying everyone should charge the same exact thing, but I'm saying, you know, kit fees, things that are standard should be rather standardly priced. And then the value is how long have you been doing this? Where do you value your services at, right? If you're someone that only charges $50 to paint a face, is that because you just started doing this a month ago and you're not too sure of your skills or you're just trying to get as many clients in the door as possible by offering deals? And then what does it look like when you want to up your rate, when you start to feel like I have more experience, I am getting so many clients, I'm overbooked. Time to up my rate. Will people pay the higher rate? These are all conversations that I think we need to be having together and transparently because people who have been through this, we've all been through it, but we, so many of us have been through it in our own little bubbles, in our own little compartments that we're not having these conversations together and we're not propelling each other forward because I truly believe a rising tide lifts all boats. So the more that we have these conversations, the more that we can help people price themselves out, understand their worth, and then also the more that we can have the the kind of technical conversations of this is how you draft an invoice. This is what I do for my clients, you know? The more we can learn through mentorship and through these conversations, I think the healthier the industry will be at large. And the more empowered we as freelancers will be in the industry. I think it's what we need to keep it healthy, to be honest. And so, okay, you are starting to price yourself out. You are 
getting out there, you're getting jobs, um, and someone says, hey, will you do this for free? What do you say? (laughs) So this is a touchy subject because there are people that feel very, very strongly. No, if you're already charging, people should pay your rates. Don't do anything for free, blah, 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 blah. And then there are other people that are like, well, you know, you can always bolster your portfolio. You can always switch it up. Here's where I land on it. I think if someone that would be a client asks you to do something for free, then you should decline. I think that anyone that would enter into a transactionary business experience like that with you, you should pay your rate. And if they don't want to, I know it might sting, especially in the beginning when you're trying to build up your client book. You got to let them go. You got to let them go because you don't want to set the precedent of, okay, I am going to give you a discount just this one time. And then their friend comes, oh, my friend said you gave her a discount. Can you give me a discount? And then another friend, can you give me a discount? So now you're doing work on three people. Say you usually charged $100, but you gave them a 50% discount. So you're only charging them $50. Okay, you could have made 300. You only made 150. But the work, the output, the kit, everything is the same. So ultimately, you're selling yourself short. And yes, you're building up your client book and you're doing all that. And if you're like, I'll give you a one-time only discount, that's okay. That's a loophole that I'd be able to get behind, right? To get people in the door. But if you continue to price yourself at that point only, then you're screwed. Also, one one-time discount does not count if it's a wedding because that's you only get two chances. You get a trial and you get the day of. So be thoughtful and don't, take jobs that are offering you less than you're worth. It's going to sting at first to say no, but you got to stick to your rate. You got to, once you figure out your rate, you got to stick to it and people will understand. And the other thing that I was taught in makeup school was not to offer discounts to friends or family. And the reason for that being is you, of course, you want to be like, oh, yeah, 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 like, we're good, we're friends, oh, we're family, I'll give you a discount, and I've experienced this in my life. What my teacher said was, if they really care about you and they believe in you, what you're doing, and they see that you, this is what you want to do with your life, they'll be more than happy to pay full price, and that's happened. Like, when I was starting out, I was, like, a little bit meek, and I remember, you know, a friend of mine being like, hey, can you do my makeup for this event? And I was like, oh, you know, like, I'll give you a discount. It's like no big deal, you know, but whatever, whatever. Like, yeah, yeah, sure, 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 sure. Because I wasn't sure in myself. Um, but that friend, bless her, she was like, no, I appreciate it, but I'm going to pay your full rate. And there will be people that do that for you. And those are the people that truly support you and believe in you and believe that your rate is what it is because you got the goods, baby. So value yourself, believe in yourself, set your rate and try to have transparent conversations with other people in the industry that may be in your area. I know it's hard. I know it's so difficult, but there will be people that want to have these conversations. And if you want to have this conversation with me, DM me or give me a call 877-THE-MUAC and we can totally talk about it. So you you set your rates. You know what you want to focus on. You found gigs. You booked gigs. What are you going to do? You're going to go in there. You're going to try your best. You're going to do the work. You're going to believe in yourself. And then you're going to draft an invoice. And if you have to use a template, use a template. But you're going to draft an invoice. You're going to send it over. And you're also going to send over a little review form that says, out of five stars, what do you rate me? What could have been better? What was amazing? And then you use those testimonials on your Instagram, Facebook, website, whatever. The one time that I would say it's okay to do freebies or discounted things is if you're not doing it for work and you have someone that has this really great vision that's like, hey, I don't know if anything is going to come of this. Like this isn't a formal job, but I just wanted to get in the studio and just like experiment with this idea. If that's the thing, like if you're 
purely doing it from your love of the creative and your need to express yourself in a way that you're not finding, like you basically need to scratch an itch that your gigs aren't, aren't scratching for you then I would say go for it. And that's what happened with me. You know, I've been having gigs. I've been getting paid for them. It's been amazing. But I haven't had that experience of doing something very couture, very editorial, breaking out and and reconnecting with my creativity. And when my collaborator, my photographer reached out and said, hey, this like something might not come of this. Something might come of this, but it's not a gig. It's not a job. It's just us getting into the studio and playing. Are you in? I was like, hell yeah, I'm in. Absolutely. Because I have been doing so much work that is focused on, it's not focused on just playing, right? It's focused on there's always a goal. There's always a bottom line. It's getting paid. It's getting exposure. It's, you know, these are the things that you need to continue to, you know, feed yourself, put a roof over your head. And so these were the jobs that I was doing and I hadn't played in a long time. And so I was like, yes, let's do it. Let's play. Let's have fun. Let's just have it be weird. Let's experiment. Let's figure it out on the fly. And so I didn't get paid for the shoot that I did recently, but I did get that creative itch scratched. And sometimes if you have the luxury to be able to do that and to just play and create something for the sake of creating something, then absolutely do it. Because if we focus, if we just drill down only on, oh, we need to, like, I need to make this money. I need to pay my bills. I need to book this many clients so that I can pay this bill. And I need to pay off my credit card. So I need to make sure that I make at least this much money. And okay, well, it also takes me at least two weeks to get paid for a job. So I need to factor that in. Those details, those numbers, those real life concerns that are completely valid can sometimes take away from the reason that we got into this in the first place. So whatever you need to do to make time for yourself, to reconnect with your reason, your why for doing this, I recommend you chase those moments down 100%. Always make time for them because getting lost in the details and the specifics and the real life, as important as it may be, it may help make you lose sight of your why. And I don't want that to happen to you because I believe that you have a beautiful mind and you have beautiful ideas that you want to bring into the world. Bringing those ideas into the world is so fulfilling for you. And I don't want you to lose any of those things. So make the time, even if it's just taking all of your makeup, dumping it on the floor, sitting on the floor and just painting your own face or painting your own body or whatever the case may be. Find the time, make the time when you feel that scratch or when you feel that itch, make some time to scratch it because your why is your essence. And I think that you need, that's the thing above all, above the money, above the gigs, above everything, your essence, your why, remember that. If you have to write it down on a post-it and put it on your mirror, if you have to have an alarm go off every day at a certain time with your why to remind you why you're doing this, do it. Because there will be a moment where you lose sight of why when you get lost in the details. And the further you move away from your why, the harder it's gonna be to get back to it. Always stay connected to your why. And now on a technical note, I want to end here. If you are a freelancer, you, you know, there are unions, you know, Megan Longmire, who I said was a guest on this podcast, um, is currently applying to be part of the makeup artist union in California for her work on film. And so there are unions like that. But if you're in an area where you don't have a makeup artist union or a stage union or whatever the case may be, consider looking into the freelancers union. The freelancers union is open for anyone that is a freelancer. You register. um, I think you may have to pay, but they might waive it for you if you're just starting out. So you may want to look into that. But the freelancers union will essentially help you with all of the specifics that 
as a creative may be hard for you to figure out or maybe overwhelming or maybe it's something that you regardless of you might have like the most strategic analytical numbers focused mind but this is still something new to you either way whatever your story is The freelancers union will set you up with resources on, okay, how as a freelancer do you get health insurance? How as a freelancer do you pay your taxes? How as a freelancer do you invoice for your work and then get paid for it? And what if you have to get legal involved because a client isn't paying you? So they help you figure all of those things out and connect you with the types of people that can help you with those things because again, whether it's the creative part, whether it's getting gigs, whether it's getting paid, whether it's technical things like health insurance, legal, taxes, we do better when we are in a community. And so joining the freelancers union may be that part of community that you need to help you from tearing your hair out when you're trying to gather receipts from Target when you bought all that makeup because you were on your way to a photo shoot and you looked in your bag and you were like, I didn't bring any lipsticks at all. What happened? So you had to go to Target, you scoot or Sephora or Ulta or wherever you went, scooped up a bunch of lipsticks and then you have to like dig around and find that receipt because that's an expense that you can write off as a freelancer. So that's to say community, community, community. And if you are currently feeling like you're in a place where there isn't a community or there aren't gigs available or there aren't people that would be supportive of your dream, call me. Call me, DM me, reach out to me in any way you want because I want to talk to you. I'm here. And we don't necessarily have to play your voicemail on air. We don't have to... Like, I don't have to share that stuff. You can tell me not to and I won't, but I want to have a conversation with you. If you, whether you have a question or whether you're struggling with something or whether you're unsure, I have likely either been through it or someone in my community has, and now you're a part of the community and I'm here for you. So I hope this was helpful. I hope that, you know, solo episodes, I feel like are always rough for me because I worry about, what am I saying? And is it going to be helpful? And is it something that people want to hear? So I hope that this was helpful. I hope this was something that you wanted to hear. And I thank you so much for giving me your time and giving me your attention and trusting me to share my knowledge with you. I'm getting a little emotional because I'm just so grateful to have this space for us. And whatever you're doing, keep going. I believe in you. If you don't believe in you, I believe in you. I will believe in you as much as you need until you start believing in yourself. And then we will both believe in you. Okay? And I'm serious. If you want to talk, you just let me know. DM me, call me, whatever the case may be. 877-THE-MUAC. I am here. I want to connect with you. And yeah, I hope this was helpful. And if there are questions that you have or topics for episodes that you want, let me know. I'm more than happy to deliver. And if I don't have the answer, I'll bring someone on that does. So again, happy Friday. Have a great, great, beautiful weekend wherever you are. Um, Maybe you're going to a pumpkin patch. Maybe you're, you know, sipping that pumpkin spice latte. We're still in fall. Maybe, ooh, what are you going to be for Halloween? Okay, that's a whole other topic. DM me with that. DM me with your Halloween costumes because I cannot wait to hear what some of y'all are doing with makeup and hair and costume. All right. Have an amazing weekend. I hope it's full of light and magic and wonder. Don't forget your why. Always remember your why. I'll talk to you next week. Bye. Give me that microphone.